don't know about you, but I think that image that the Lord gives us is a little bit uncomfortable. Like, he's the thief. In the parable, he's the thief. You're like, Jesus, you're the thief? I, I thought you were like, you know, kind and nice and fluffy. And it's like, no, I'm a thief. And I'm coming when you least expect it. And that's a little bit uncomfortable. But I think we, again, we got to look, look at these images that the Lord gives us, this thief. I mean, imagine, imagine that. Imagine you're told by somebody, hey, the bad guys are coming. They're about to ransack your house. They're going to be here within the hour. Well, I think you got your next hour pretty well planned out. I'm going to lock the doors. I'm going to put bars on them and wood over the windows or something. I'm going to set booby traps get my gun out you know you you got your you got your hours spent but what if you just know that they're coming in the next week well you get everything ready and then you sit there and you wait and you wait and you're getting bored and you're trying not to fall asleep because you don't want them to come when you're asleep. And Jesus says, stay awake. Isn't that the worst? Like trying to stay awake when like you just can't? Like this is the worst. This is the image that the Lord is holding up for us. The, the other image too, Noah's ark. Okay, so you're, you're Noah and his family and you're, you're convinced that the Lord told you to build this ark and you're on the ark and you're in there and you hear everybody else and they're having a good time. They're marrying and drinking and eating and having a good old time. You can hear them through the door of the, of the ark and you're like, oh man, because now you're just, you're just waiting. Just waiting. Oh, and then the rain starts. Oh good. Here we go. Here we go. God, God was coming through. It's going to rain. Well, you know how much rain it takes to lift a boat off the ground? So now you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And you're bored out of your mind. There's only, there's only so many hours you can spend petting ostriches and whatever other animals you're surrounded by. And yet these are the images that the Lord is giving us to remind us that he's coming And these are the readings that the church gives us as we enter into this Advent season, which is this preparation for his coming. Advent is not preparation for Christmas. Christmas kind of merely just serves as the excuse to remember that he came once and he promised that he's going to come again. Let's get ready for that. Am I ready? Am I guarding the door as if the thief is coming within the hour or have I fallen asleep and and just forgot about it entirely? So it's just this reminder that he's coming. And I gotta be ready. And there's something, there's something, you know, wise about this. Something wise about not telling us when he's coming and that we always have to be ready because if he told us exactly when he was coming, coming, I'm coming Wednesday at two o'clock. Well, guess what? The confession lines will be too long and you probably won't get in. So you got to always be ready. You got to always be ready. 
And this is what the liturgy is, is, trying to, is trying to teach us as well. Every mass actually is a, is a mini advent. It's a mini advent. It's teaching us to wait. Actually, one of the, the center point of the, of the mass, right after the Our Father, right before Holy Communion, we hear this. As we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In, in the Latin, that's, as we await the blessed hope and the adventum, the advent, the coming of Jesus. And in fact, the, the Latin is even a little bit stronger because the word that's translated as await in Latin is expectantes. Expect. We're not just hoping for the Lord. We're not just waiting like, well, he might come, he might not. He might be here soon. He might be here later. Like we're expecting him. He promised it and he will deliver. And, and for whatever reason, he wants us to wait. And think of, think of instances in your own life when you've, you've had to wait for something. There's about, there's about five seconds of excitement. Hey, we're pregnant. And then nine months of excruciating waiting and then the last week is like another nine months of waiting and then the contractions start and you rush to the hospital and then you wait for another 15 hours and right I mean this is like our waiting or think of other instances when you're you're waiting for you're waiting for news test results waiting to get your driver's license in the mail, waiting to get a letter back from a loved one, waiting for somebody to respond to that text message that they've clearly read because iPhone has told me that they read it. Like, waiting is just excruciating. And this is, this is all through salvation history. We read the Old Testament, we see it over and over again. It seems that the fundamental disposition of the, the chosen people is to be waiting Again, you have, you have the Exodus story and like, yeah, well, after 400 plus years of slavery and waiting for the one to come, Moses comes and then there's all these, these great plagues and then there's the Red Sea and, you know, all, all this great stuff. And then now what? Well, we're in the desert, waiting, getting bored, complaining. One of, the, one of the most famous passages of, uh, uh, that's misunderstood too in Jeremiah, we, we hear it often as like this kind of like we put it on, you know, cards for uh, graduation. Jeremiah says, well, do I know the plans I have for you? Plans for your prosperity, not for your woe. Plans for your good to build you up. Yay, yay, yay. Well, that was given by Jeremiah to the, to the people while they were in exile and they had to wait another 70 years before the Lord fulfilled them. Even the first coming of Jesus, it's been they're waiting and waiting and waiting and then they miss it. And so we actually have to learn how to wait. We have to learn how to wait without giving up. I think this is one of the main points. Enter into the wait and even the boredom without giving up. And going into all this licentiousness that St. Paul talks about. And the liturgy is here to help us do that. 
In fact, the liturgy, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make with the liturgy is that we're, we're afraid of being bored at mass. Like that's the worst possible thing that could ever happen, being bored at mass. And so let's go, let's go to the non-denominational evangelical church that has the rah-rah music the whole time because God wouldn't want me to be bored. I have a friend who's a pastor in the cities and he had a, a baptism and so as, as, as you, you know, guests who, you know, some of them aren't churched and one of the guests who was there at his mass waiting for this baptism was this uh, rather famous uh, local talk radio or, or sports radio uh, guy. And so the next week he was on, uh, they, he was talking about this, this mass at, on his radio show with his, his, his fellows. And it wasn't, it wasn't like irreverent or disrespectful necessarily, but it's just very clear that he's very unchurched. And so as he's, he's explaining this, the guys are talking, one of them was clearly Catholic and knew a little bit what was going on, but this guy's like, yeah, I'm there. And like, and I mean, it's like, I just couldn't, the, 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 these long gaps, you know, the lector comes up and she reads and then there's this, and then she goes and sits down and then there's this song and then she comes back up and reads again. I'm like, well, why didn't you just stay up there? And like, father, I could save you, I could save you five minutes. I just, I, we can shave some time here and there and there. And I think this is a common misconception, actually. Because mass is not a production. It's not a performance. We want to fill every gap. I know, because I run a theater company. We just finished doing a show, Sense and Sensibility. And one of the things that I'm always talking with the director is like, no, no, we got we to gotta cut this. We got to shorten this. We got to make sure that this is, this is moving. We got to keep the energy up. I know how to perform. This isn't a performance. Even if there's, there's some choreography and there's some lines and there's some costumes, it's not a performance. And every one of those silences is intentional. In fact, the rubrical books, the books of the, of the mass, they, they t- instruct to maintain the sacred silences. And all throughout the Mass, there's these sacred silences at the beginning of the Mass, the middle of the Mass, after the readings. Those are, those are intentional silences because it's not like, oh, that's, that was nice. The Lord, had, the Lord had to say, what's the next thing? It's like, no, what did the Lord just say to me? And let me sit in this silent moment and just hang on to that and ask myself, yeah, am I, am I living that? Am I ready? Am I awake? After communion, it's not, all right, hurry, hurry up. What's, what's going on? What's the holdup? What are we waiting for? No, we're, we're sitting with the Lord. He's, he's as present to us in that moment as he'll ever be. And I'm not going to rush it. And so the liturgy is teaching us how to wait. And sometimes that's boring. But just like we, we don't tell our kids, oh, okay, if you're bored, then, then don't do that. Avoid all boredom at all costs. We never say that to our kids. Hey, don't go to school if that's boring. Don't work out if that's boring. Don't eat broccoli if that's boring. 
No, there's all sorts of things that we have to do that are boring. And actually, it's, it's good for us. I like, I like reading those studies that tell us things that we, we know, like playing outside is good for you. Or this is one recently, like boredom is the mother of creativity. And until I allow myself to be bored, I can't come up with ideas. I don't have time for that. So I want us during this Advent season just to enter into the liturgy, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in in coming weeks, but I just want us to enter into those intentional moments of sacred silence. And if we're bored, that's okay. For now, let's just be okay with that. All those other moments when you were waiting and waiting and waiting for whatever it was, the baby to be born, the friend to come, it's okay. It's okay to wait in boredom. And there's, there's all the, the moments that are kind of built in already and we'll, we'll just, maybe we'll just extend those a little bit, enter into them a little bit. But then there's two that I want to add just for Advent. So just for Advent, we're going to add these two little moments. And one is during the petitions. So it's actually one of the options that you can do for the petitions is instead of saying, we pray to the Lord, Lord, hear our prayer, the deacon will read off the petition and we'll just sit in silence for a few seconds as a way to, to make that petition our own. Not just pay lip service, yeah, I pray to the Lord, but to actually say, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm lifting that up. I'm placing that on the altar. I want that prayer as well. These are the people I'm praying for. It's kind of like a Good Friday, those moments where there's that silence to pray for those petitions. The other one that we'll do, again, just for Advent, is uh, during the Eucharistic prayer, I'm just going to say the Eucharistic prayer softer, I'll just click off my microphone, and after the Sanctus, I'm just gonna, we'll just enter into that silence. It's actually kind of stark. It's, it's actually, there's, there's a beauty to it. It's a little bit uncomfortable, that's Okay. And then when we get to the words of institution, I'll say those out loud as normal. And then after the, the memorial acclamation, save us, savior of the world, we'll again go into that silence. So that silence before, we're waiting. We're waiting expectantly for the one who is about to come down onto our altar. And the silence afterwards is a silence in where we thank him for coming. So just, just notice those two and just enter into them. And I think it's always best. I think there's many moments in the Mass where it's best just to have our eyes closed because that instinctively tells the rest of my body and my mind that I'm not here to be entertained. Nobody goes to a movie or a play and sits there with their eyes closed because they expect to be entertained. But when I'm here, I'm I'm praying. I'm communing with the Lord. So to close my eyes says, Lord, you don't have to entertain me. It's enough just to be with you. So let's enter into the silence. Let's enter in, wade into the, to the, to the boredom even. And allow the Lord to remind us through the liturgy, through this Advent season, that he's coming. Let's expect his coming and let's be ready for it when he comes.